0: Welcome to Witch and Goddess. Each episode, we explore a different goddess, her lore, and how to connect with her energetically and magically. I'm your host, Patty Black. I'm a witch, mother, a teacher, and priestess of Morgan Le Fay. Goddess devotion is a big part of my witchcraft practice, and many goddesses, and other spirits, are my cohorts and partners in magic. I was a teacher in adult education before leaving the Muggle 9 to 5. Now, I teach witchcraft and magical classes online. My soul's purpose is helping people, especially other women, to find self-empowerment and fulfillment through witchcraft and mysticism. I strongly believe that goddesses and all spirits are much more than a set of magical correspondences for spells. You read long lists of deities as associated with certain topics, as if they are another ingredient in a spell. Or worse, as if that's all that they can do. Call on Venus for love spells, Akate for curses. That is not the approach I want to encourage. In my life, they are living, powerful beings. I think it's beyond rude and unrealistic to assume that a strange and ancient being would respond to our demands For assistance and favors. I learn about and respect many spirits and occasionally I feel called to begin the process of building and nurturing a relationship with a specific spirit or deity. If that goes well, then I may start asking for her assistance in some of my magical work. Things really start getting magical and weird in a good way when you invite goddesses to interfere in your life. Now, I would never claim that magic without spirit isn't powerful. There are lots of happy and successful witches who do not involve deity. I do know that my practice, my magic, was a faint trickle to the fat, juicy flow that it's become since spirit, especially my goddesses, have gotten involved. The more I feed these relationships, the more magical my entire life becomes. Over the past few years, My goddesses have increasingly urged me to create opportunities for magical people to learn about all goddesses, to help them navigate making initial connections and building the relationships. So that's why this podcast exists. My deepest hope is that more witches can find this kind of shockingly supportive and always surprising relationship with deity. They blow me away regularly. Even the goddesses that I don't personally work with are so enchanting and their lessons are so beneficial to modern witches and mystics. So expect episodes on all types of goddesses from many different pantheons and cultures. A note on cultural appropriation. This is a real thing in pagan and magical circles. I do believe that the gods choose who they work with. Spirit can, of course, cross all human-made boundaries like race and landscape. That said, I do not condone practicing a closed tradition or claiming membership to a tradition or title that you have not been invited or initiated into. For example, anyone can call themselves a witch or even a priestess, but only specifically and formally initiated persons can claim to be a voodoo priestess. Shaman is not a title that is open for claiming by just anyone. Voodoo, shamanism... Santeria, these are just a few examples of closed traditions. In my experience, specific deities may sometimes choose practitioners outside of the closed tradition they are most associated with. Goddesses and gods are not owned by a human tradition. Likewise, just because you work with and have a relationship with a deity doesn't mean that you have any claim over the rights and practices of that tradition another note if you are knocking on the door of a deity who is most known in a closed tradition you better be damn sure they want you there be open to the likelihood that not all deities want to work with you it happens you're certainly free to disagree with my approach please note i am not a historian or a goddess scholar i've learned about most of these deities from sources that are mostly available to everyone Some insights are more personal and the result of communing with them in my practice. Some information is from research and learning 20 plus years ago when I started out. Otherwise, I try to credit any source of information that's new to me. Now, Kuan Yin, the focus of our first episode, is not as witchy as some of my primary deities. She's not traditionally associated with witchcraft or magic. Her vibe is very soft and classically feminine, but damn if she isn't a powerhouse. She is known for responding quickly and to all calls. That's one of the reasons I think she's perfect for our first episode. I don't want to be dismissive, but I do tend to think of her as an ideal starter goddess. She was the very first spirit, goddess or otherwise, to interact with me. This first experience with her transformed me from an experienced witch who didn't really work with deity to a shocked believer. It's not uncommon for witches to practice without spirit, whether they are atheists or they just don't involve spirit in their practice. I was kind of sitting on that fence. I was very enchanted by the idea of the goddess. I grew up in a strict Christian family with that patriarchal god, so I enjoyed learning about different goddesses and pantheons. But after years of practicing, kind of half-heartedly, I never had any experiences that convinced me that deity was anything more than archetypes and legends that we could study and be inspired by. And I was inspired. I felt like goddesses were probably great for setting examples of empowerment, etc. But I didn't believe in them as entities or beings that we could interact with. Then, about six years ago... I had been married to my second husband for about a year. To call it a rough patch would be a big understatement. I am so grateful that we have come through that patch beautifully, but it was rough for a while. I went to bed alone most nights and frequently cried myself to sleep. One night was especially bad and, you know, I can't recall the specifics, but when I was in bed alone, I was inconsolable. I know that's a pretty dramatic word, but it is completely appropriate here. Sobbing, chest heaving, each thought brought a new wave of realization about how rotten my marriage was. And then more pain. I could not seem to cry it out like usual. The tears and the pain just kept rolling through. I remember mentally calling out for someone to help me. I'm not sure who I thought I was calling as deities of any kind were not part of my life before that moment. But when she touched me, I knew who it was. I say touched, but it was more like being wrapped in a very tangible blanket of pure comfort. A balm of the sweetest relief covered me, spreading from my aching heart chakra outwards. I was instantly calmed and felt physical comfort. I just knew it was Kuan Yin. I had recently purchased Doreen Virtue's book, Archangels and Ascended Masters. Now, this was before she denounced all New Age practices of evil. So the book was beside my bed, and I had briefly perused some of the chapters, including skimming the entry on Kuan Yin. Um, This moment was unlike anything I had ever experienced, and it was more real than I ever would have imagined. She simultaneously relieved my deep heartbreak and kind of ushered me into a world in which goddesses were real. She was literally my starter goddess. So let's talk about some specifics. There are several variations on the spelling of her name. You'll see the Quan spelled K-W, K-U, or Q U A-N, um, sometimes even um G-U-A-N-Y-I-N. She is a Chinese goddess and a bodhisattva, pardon my pronunciation. Um, Bodhisattva meaning enlightened being. There are a lot of versions of her origin stories, and this can be confusing until you read a version that includes or emphasizes the fact that she reincarnated many, many times in order to continue to help humanity. And so some of the different versions of her stories may be representative of her different incarnations. My favorite version is the comprehensive story from goddessgift.com, and I'm going to read an excerpt here. Here we go. In her first life in India, she was born as a male who sought to help poor lost souls be reborn to a better life on their journey to enlightenment. But he was overwhelmed and anguished when more lost souls kept coming in, in what seemed an endless cycle. In his despair, he shattered into a thousand pieces From his remains, they shaped him as a woman, a goddess, for bringing compassion and mercy into the world. They gave her a thousand arms, and eyes in the palms of each of her hands, so that she would always see the people's distress, and be able to reach out to encircle them. Then they sent her back to earth to do her work. So successful was she at comforting the people, that word of her began to spread to other lands and other religions. We need her here, the people cried. And so she went, reincarnating herself wherever she was needed. Known by many names and stories in many places, she was revered as a Buddhist deity and then a Taoist one. So that's from goddessgift.com. We commonly hear her called the goddess of compassion or goddess of infinite mercy. She is known to protect women and children and is frequently called upon by women who want children but she again responds to all calls she's often equated to or put alongside in the same energy as Mother Mary their energies are very similar because they both really radiate that feminine love um, her love for humanity is so great that she chose to remain in human form rather than ascend to Buddhahood until all humans achieve enlightenment. So Kuan Yin is truly compassion and mercy. Her name means she who hears prayers. And again, it's said that she responds to every prayer addressed to her. And she has always responded to me. You might hear Kuan Yin referred to as the jewel in the Lotus. And she is probably the Chinese deity that is most widely depicted in art, images and statues. There are a lot of variations, but you will usually see her barefoot, maybe draped in golden necklaces, holding willows, holding jewels. You might see her depicted as a guardian of temples with her thousand eyes and thousand arms. Her themes are mainly love, compassion, kindness, gentleness, but this foundation of love and softness leads to several other themes that really beautifully benefit humanity. Don't think that she wants you out there giving yourself into fatigue. A primary focus of her, of her message is self-love, self-care first, really loving and treasuring and taking care of yourself first. And then you can pour that energy into others in your work and the energy that you radiate outwards, help with self-love, nourishment, healing, loving touch. The ability to receive, these are some of Kuan Yin's sweetest gifts. I don't just go around recommending goddesses to people, but I do tend to recommend Kuan Yin to anyone who mentions that they are dealing with grief or a broken heart. That's just how much of an impact she made on me. Uh, Many mediums have channeled messages from Kuan Yin. One of the most beautiful messages I channeled from her about a year ago goes like this. I'm going to give you some direct quotes um, and try to leave my interpretation out of it. Kuan Yin presents blessed hearts, blessings and blessings. She helps us bear softness and bring forth softness into the world. Be kind with you. She invites us to hear the sounds and the cries of the world as she does. She says to be the light, to be the softness. She says to be her hands in the world. She reminds us to sit in the heart, to dwell in the heart energy as a way of living and being in the world. So. In my experience, Kuan Yin is not one of the gods who is concerned with offerings and outward expressions of reverence. Her help is definitely not contingent on gifts but I love keeping an altar or shrine for specific deities with whom I'm working. It doesn't need to be big or fancy. Maybe it's just a small shelf with an image of the deity, some incense and crystals, maybe a candle in the colors that are most associated with that spirit. It's a great way to physically invite their energy into your home. And it gives you a specific spot to connect with them. It's also a physical and visual reminder of their energy and a cue to try to connect with them regularly. If you want to tend an altar for Quan Yin, I would recommend rose quartz, water, the color red, the color pink, jade or the color of jade, um, flowers, especially the lotus, things that are traditionally soft and feminine. My interactions with Kuan Yin are not nearly as ceremonial as with some other goddesses. She's just so easy to connect with. Just thinking her name in moments of distress brings her tender relief. I highly encourage you to call on her the next time you are in pain, whether it's physical or emotional. Meditate on the image of Rose Quartz. That's a great way to bring her energy in and to feel her energy. In fact, one time, one of the times I called her when I was in just a lot, a lot, a lot of physical pain. And what she did for me that time was continue to show me the image of a raw rose quartz chunk. And she just continued showing me that and encouraged me to meditate on that and focus on that image of the rose quartz. And um, that helped to center me, it helped to focus me, and it did help to relieve the pain. So In that instance, she didn't just take away the pain. She helped me to work through it and to breathe through it and to um, transcend the pain, even though it was still very much present. So um, I would definitely recommend inviting her to help you with the healing of um, your traumas, whatever those may be. Another way that I regularly interact with her um, before the events of 2020 Every morning in the drop-off lane, I asked her to be with my daughter and to bless all of the school staff with her compassion and patience and love. I mean, what better place for Kuan Yin's energy than to be wrapping around the staff in a school? Who needs to be filled with compassion and patience more, right? So, And remember that she responds to every prayer. She doesn't deny any calls, right? Nothing is unworthy of her attention. So simply repeating her name over and over is a beautiful meditation to invite her loving and comforting energy. You can also honor Quan Yin's energy by being responsive to your own needs immediately. Have you been putting off that well woman visit? Have you been denying some ailment and thinking, I don't want to pay the copay or I don't want to take the time away from my family to go and tend to this need. Are you putting off taking care of yourself in any way? Be compassionate to yourself and prioritize your own care. Respect the godliness of you. You don't need to be and you shouldn't be second to your family, your job, your responsibilities. Consider that all of these areas will be better served by a nourished version of you. Be mindful of when you are overgiving. You might start to notice that your creativity is lagging or completely dried up. You might experience rushes of anger or a sudden surge of tears. These are just a few clues that you've been neglecting yourself. So look for soulful ways to nourish yourself. Maybe it's time in nature um, or prioritizing your desires in some way. I like to recommend a vessel of stillness meditation. So this can take as little as five to seven minutes, but it's um, very powerful and potent for creators and magicians and witches. So you would center as normal for meditation. And when you're calm and relaxed, imagine a beautiful bowl or a chalice made of whatever materials inspire you. Maybe it's crystal, maybe it's silver anything. Place your awareness into that still unfilled chamber, or simply visualize an empty womb. You may want to repeat silently, I empty so that I may receive, or I empty to receive. And just repeat that while you focus on this empty space around you. Now this can be challenging the first few times, but stick with it. Do not resist the emptiness. Inhabit the stillness in this quiet, you will find a place of rebirth, the blank void of pure potential, and that is what magic is made of. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and sharing this podcast with fellow witches and magical people. You can follow the show at Witch and Goddess Pod at Instagram. You can find my programs, classes, and groups at blackbirdmagic.com or email me at witchandgoddesspod.com. At gmail dot com That's witch and the goddess pod at gmail dot com